Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. So when we have unrealistic expectations, we're feeling stress, we're feeling anxiety, and we're feeling constant disappointment. And that constant disappointment can cause us to lose hope, which is the one thing that we have to hold on to. Welcome to the CornerCast. My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I help professional women become fulfilled, earn more money, and discover themselves so that they can succeed without sacrificing their mental or physical health. On this show, we'll talk about how to achieve work-life balance, become more organized and productive, so you can stop living your life on autopilot. Welcome, and thank you for being here. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The CornerCast. And today... We're talking about one of my favorite words. We're talking about expectations. And I would say in all of my client conversations, I would actually put money on it that I've never had a client where we haven't talked about expectations. Because here's the thing. Realistically, I'm going to blow your mind for a second here. Realistically, every single thing that we have been disappointed, upset, mad, sad, any of those feelings or similar feelings around, if you were to think about what made you feel that way, you could trace it back to an expectation, right? So I was kind of thinking about this as it was blowing my own mind, right? And going back through different situations to where I've been upset or felt disappointed or let down. And everything that I came up with, whether it was big or small, led me back to an expectation, right? So I think about when I have not been the mom that I want to be, right? So whether that's being like yelling at my kids whether that's, which is normal and we all do it. So anyways, whether it's yelling at my kids, whether it's, you know, just having big feelings around certain interactions or something Cameron did or something Brooklyn did. And it's like, oh, I got upset because I had the expectation that they were going to do that differently. So it's like when Cameron takes a toy away from Brooklyn, they're playing and I have the expectation that he's not going to take toys away from her, right? So obviously an unrealistic expectation because toddlers. So all of that being said, expectations are something that I'm talking about so frequently 
just because they come into play in almost every single scenario. We have high expectations of ourselves. We expect things to turn out a certain way or look a certain way. We expect that when we make a change or do something differently, that it's going to, again, look a certain way after we make that change. And then when something's different, we're let down. So let's talk about letting go of unrealistic expectations, because that's really what I want to narrow this conversation down to, because managing your expectations, I could talk about this for hours, honestly, managing your expectations is a whole nother episode, but let's just talk about letting go of unrealistic expectations, because we all have them, and we've all been in a place, whether it's a small scenario like expecting your toddler not to do toddler things, or whether that's in your career where you're expecting yourself to work 60-hour weeks and still be present with your family and still take care of yourself and still take care of your house and do all of the things and still feel good and able to do that long-term, which, you know, spoiler alert, but that's not realistic. So let's talk about letting go of the unrealistic expectations And we're going to go through, you know, what kind of are unrealistic expectations, because that's important for you to know, because a lot of times we don't realize it's an unrealistic expectation until it's afterwards. And we're like, oh, shit, I kind of set myself up to fail on that one. Right. So what are unrealistic expectations? Why do we have these unrealistic expectations? What do unrealistic expectations look like? That way you'll be able to identify them. What happens when we have unrealistic expectations in how do we set more realistic expectations? So first, what are unrealistic expectations? And this is tricky because you have to realize that we as individuals and the majority of us as women are high achieving people pleasers, right? So unrealistic expectations are an assumption of a certain level of control that we don't actually have in a situation, okay? So let me repeat that again. It's an assumption of a certain level of control that we don't actually have in a situation. So it is unrealistic for me to expect my toddler not to do toddler things I don't have control because I am not my toddlers. I don't live inside their bodies. As much as we try to control, especially in parenting, we want our kids to act a certain way or do certain things, but we all want control. We want control over every single situation and everything in our lives because we want to make sure that everything's okay and everybody around us is okay. And if they're not okay, then it's our job to fix it, right? So an unrealistic expectation is that assumption. It's an assumption that you have more control over a situation than you actually do. And then what happens is we're repeatedly disappointed because the expectation isn't met. So this is the part where we talk about setting ourselves up to fail, right? So by having unrealistic expectations, you set yourself up to fail because you assume that you have more control than is actually possible for you to have. So 
Beyond that, unrealistic expectations are really usually rigid and they're lacking the flexibility that you actually need to be successful. And most times they're going to create more problems than they actually solve. So having unrealistic expectations also heard as high expectations, because that's my clients, that's me. I really, I just really am achiever. I have high expectations for myself. I hear you. I get it, right? Of course, we, we want that. We put ourselves in a position to where it's like, we're going to be the best. And we also have to be the best while we make sure that everybody around us is doing their best too. So it's unrealistic to expect that we have this amount of control in every situation of our lives. And having these unrealistic expectations, this seeking of control actually is self-sabotage and therefore gives us not enough room for flexibility that we need to be successful. So why do we have unrealistic expectations? One of the most simple things that I've talked about with clients and in my own life, what I've seen is when I have unrealistic expectations or when one of my clients has unrealistic expectations, there's usually a lack of communication. So this shows up a lot in relationships and a lot in our jobs because it can be something as simple as Somebody calls you, a boss, somebody on your team, and they say, you know, I need this, this, and this, right? I have a client who, she is the ultimate people pleaser, and it has drained her. And she gets calls from a certain boss, and she said, you know, well, they they email me all day, and they they call me, and they expect me to just answer right away, and if I don't, you know, then I'm pretty sure that they're going to think, again, an assumption here, I'm pretty sure they're going to think that I'm not working, something along those lines, right? So in this, it's, it's a work situation where the boss or some sort of superior is calling and asking for something, right? But she was never asking, when do you need this? Or what's the deadline? Which means she's just making an assumption that because it's a superior asking for these things, that she needs to do them right away. And we've all felt this, whether it's with a family member, a partner at work, where somebody asks you for something, and because they ask you for it, we assume that means right then. So then that leads to us putting whatever we're doing on the back burner or stopping the thing that we're in the middle of just to be able to take care of what they need. So really what this is and why we have unrealistic expectations is a lack of communication. So simply asking, when do you need this by? What time do you need me there? Or things like that and opening up those lines of communication. Yes, I can do that for you, but not until Friday. Or I have another client that we simply restructured her weekly team meeting to where all of these agents were throwing all these different projects at her. And so she was very overwhelmed. And of course, each individual agent thought that they were, that it was her job to just work on their project because they're all the most important. 
And so we restructured it to where every time they said, here's the project, here's what I need done, it's, again, the question is, when is the deadline? So opening up those lines of communication creates realistic expectations. Because if somebody says, oh, I need it by Friday, and you look at your schedule and that's not possible, then you say you're going to have to give this to somebody else, or I can give it to you on Tuesday or whatever your schedule allows. So just that lack of communication and the unknown expectation leads to unrealistic expectations for us. Another reason that we have these, especially as women, is that we're more focused on people-pleasing rather than what's realistic. To where it is, if somebody asks me to do something or go somewhere, if I say no, they're going to be mad at me, so let me just focus on getting them what they need instead of what's actually realistic for my life right now. Because that's the thing, it requires you being realistic with your life and what's most important to you. And especially if you don't know those things, that's why one of the most important things that I do with clients is go through an in-depth writing of your values to where I call it your user manual. Because if you're not aligning with those values, if you're not making choices based off those values, you're going to feel very disconnected. And when we feel disconnected, we make choices that reflect that. So another reason why we have unrealistic expectations is just that we're focused on pleasing people rather than actually what fits in our life or what's realistic. We know most times what's realistic, but we just think, oh, well, if I just, you know, move this, if if I go to bed later, I can stay up and work on this project. If I, you know, move this thing around, if I don't go do that thing for myself, then I can do this for the other person. But I would say probably the biggest reason beyond the lack of communication and the focus on people-pleasing is that disconnection with our own values. If you don't know what's most important to you, then you're going to forever take on the role of the person on the other side. This means that anytime that somebody comes to you and says they need something, you will just do that because you're like, oh, that's important. So therefore, I'm going to do it. Versus when you know who you are, you know what's most important to you and you're confident in that, what happens is when somebody comes to you, you say, you know, you can still be empathetic and understanding like, oh, that's an important thing for this project. That's important to this person. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be self-sacrificing and go against something that aligns with what I need to do for myself. So you are able to better find balance when you understand those values. So what do unrealistic expectations look like? Here's kind of what to look out for to make sure that you are being more realistic and setting expectations for yourself that are realistic. The biggest way it shows up is perfectionism, right? Again, we're talking about something that my clients are high-achieving perfectionist people pleasers, right? Everything for everybody and we want it done perfectly and we're the only ones that can do it. Notice I'm including myself in this, right? This is why I connect with my clients because I understand because I've walked through these things, right? So perfectionism is the biggest way that it shows up because we are striving for things that may not even exist, right? 
I'm all about dreaming big. I'm all about going after whatever it is and and nothing is off the table. But we have to be realistic about our plan to get to that big goal, right? It would not be realistic for me to say I'm going to work a 60-hour week. Not without sacrificing my children and my sleep and my health and my mental health, right? So if you are a perfectionist, you likely have unrealistic expectations, mostly because perfect is a lie. There is no perfect. And therefore, you set yourself up to fail by striving for something that doesn't exist. Another way that our unrealistic expectations show up is trying to get everyone to like you. I'm going to tell you something right now. There is nothing that you can say or do that's going to make every single person like you. It's not going to happen. There's nothing because no matter what you say or do, there's going to be somebody that disagrees with you, doesn't like you, judges you, whatever it is. So the best thing you can do is just be you. It's unrealistic to think that you could act in a way or work in a way or mom in a way And that everybody is going to like the way that you do that. An attempt to control everything around you is another way that this is going to show up for you. Because truthfully, we don't have control over everything around us. We can control a lot of things. But usually what we want to control is out of our control, right? Like those are the things that we're looking at the most. Those are the most anxiety inducing things to where it's like, oh, I don't, I I have to step back from that. And stepping back is hard. But when you're constantly trying to step in and step in and step in and control and put your hands in every project and do everything and micromanage and make everything perfect, what you're doing is you're distracting from looking at yourself. What you're doing is trying to fix everything around you in hopes that that will reflect back on you so you don't have to look at what's going on within you. So you don't have to think about the fact that you are ignoring yourself. And so you don't have to think about the fact that you have work to do. There are things that will hold you back at some point. So matter how much you keep pushing and pushing and grinding and hustling, you're still putting yourself in a position to where you will self-sabotage. Attempting to try to control everything around you is a distraction. It's not helpful. The only thing you control is you. That's it. There's two other ways that these unrealistic expectations really show up. The first is really that invalidation of your feelings. So just when you feel something. So one of the biggest things that's happening that's recurring and kind of just a constant is that layer of stress and anxiety, because what you're trying to achieve just always feels out of reach. It's exhausting because you're just striving and pushing and striving and pushing for something that, again, isn't realistic. And so you 
are sabotaging yourself by continuing to strive for something that isn't realistic for your life, which causes so much stress and so much anxiety because you're constantly feeling like you can't get where you want to go and you're not good enough. And then because of that, it causes constant disappointment like we talked about, which then can carry over into kind of like losing your hope, right? And hope is something that I talk about so much because For me, it was like that glimmer of hope that kept me going. There was something that led me to make the choice that I made about wanting to continue to live and wanting to change my life and finally make a difference. And if we lose hope, we lose everything. If we get to a place to where we feel like there is no point anymore, we lose everything. Hope is something that seems so small, but it is something that can be our driving force. And it was mine. So I know this. So when we have unrealistic expectations, we're feeling stress, we're feeling anxiety, and we're feeling constant disappointment. And that constant disappointment can cause us to lose hope, which is the one thing that we have to hold on to. We have to hope that there is something better. We have to know that there is something better. And again, when we have these unrealistic expectations, the worst part is that you're in this constant cycle of nothing ever feeling good enough. You feel like you're trying. You're truly trying your hardest. You're truly doing what is realistic for you. And if you aren't, then that's a different conversation about honesty with yourself. But in this case, when you constantly feel like nothing you do is good enough, what about that is going to make you want to keep trying and showing up? How sustainable is what you're doing right now? Consider the sustainability of where you are right now and the habits that you have right now. Because I've talked to so many of you that are just waiting to get to the end of your rope. Because it's not bad enough yet. So you don't feel like you need the help yet. You're just going to manage it on your own. You're never celebrating the accomplishments that you do have because what you're doing doesn't feel good enough. So right after you accomplish something, you're following it up with, what's next? What could I have done better? What do I need to do more? So you're not celebrating You're in this chronic stress and anxiety cycle. You're disappointed and you're losing hope. It's not sustainable. And it's not realistic. So how do we set realistic expectations? The first thing you need to do is be more observant, be more aware, and be more honest. If you observe truly, honestly, what's around you and where you are and ask yourself again, what is the sustainability of where I am right now? How much longer can I do this? You have to be aware of what's really going on and you have to be honest with yourself about what's going on and what you're trying to expect of yourself with what you have. You can't keep adding to your plate And taking yourself off of your plate. Because if you continue to take the things for yourself off of your plate, there is no you. So then you're not fulfilling anything. 
So be more observant, be more aware, be more honest about where you are and what you need help with and what can you realistically achieve in this moment with what you have. The next thing is to start practicing self-compassion. I know that you're a high achiever. I know you have these high expectations for yourself, but that does not mean that it is okay to beat yourself up consistently when you're not reaching these unrealistic things you have set for yourself. Be compassionate. Because if you've ever noticed in any relationship outside of you, what connects you and what drives you to do better and to move further and to grow is compassion and connection and understanding. And so if you are not giving that to yourself, if you are not being compassionate with who you are and what you're doing, and if you feel you are truly trying your best and you're expecting to be motivated by that negative critical self-talk, then I have news for you. It's not going to work. That's not going to drive you to where you need to be. Maybe it did in the past but it will not serve you forever. The next thing you need to do is allow for flexibility. One thing I'll have some clients do is create goals that actually have some flexibility built into them. So if we're trying to set up a movement goal, for instance, we will start small and we will, you know, set the bar at what seems like not enough just to build the habit of showing up consistently. So when you allow for flexibility, when you say, I'm going to work out for five to 15 minutes, you can still check the box. If you say, I'm going to work out for 30 minutes and then you only have 20, then you fail. That's how you look at it anyways, right? Instead of looking at it and being able to appreciate just showing up for that 20. So allow for flexibility in your expectations, Say, it's okay if this goes this way. It's okay if it goes this way. I'll learn this from this side. I'll learn this from the other side. And then the last and maybe the most important thing about all of this in setting realistic expectations is you need to reflect and get to the bottom of why do you actually feel like you're not enough? What has been ingrained in you that has taught you that you are not enough as you are. What was it that someone said or did in the past that made you feel like you were not enough? These are really important questions to ask because once you identify that, you understand that the things that have made you feel like you're not enough are usually not valid. And when you identify obstacles, then you get to make a plan on what you wanna do with them. So to set more realistic expectations, I want you to be more observant, aware, and honest. I want you to practice self-compassion. I want you to allow for more flexibility in your life. And I want you to reflect on anything that could be the root issue or what has built on the issue of you feeling like you are not enough. So let me know what you guys come up with here. We all have had unrealistic expectations before, and I hope this gives you some clarity on why you're having them and what you can do about it. So as always, please screenshot this, tag me on Instagram, let me know you're listening. Please feel free to 
DM me if you have any questions and I'm always here to listen. So enjoy your day or your night or whenever you're listening to this and I will talk to you soon. And remember, I see you, I hear you, and I'm always with you. So one of the most common questions I get is about self-care and specifically within that about creating routine. And so I want to give you guys one of my favorite products that I use in my morning and night routine. Whenever you're creating a morning or a night routine, it can sometimes feel like work. And so My best tip for creating some sort of routine is always going to be starting with something small. And that's how I started using Tula skincare and it fell so easily into a routine. Because honestly, you can simply start with washing your face and using a moisturizer. It doesn't have to be some big, fancy, long process. But what I did notice is number one, my skin got better. Number two, I started to feel better. Just having that added to my routine, it's just a really small piece of self-care. And honestly, morning and night, I spend less than five minutes doing it. So if you've ever looked at Tula, I love Tula for a lot of reasons. And honestly, I use all of their products. But if you wanna try Tula, hop on there, and start your hashtag self-care routine without it taking any significant amount of time in your day. But it really does make a difference. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.